Among the most interesting additions to this monster roster that is the USA Women's Olympic water polo team is the addition of Stefania Harlebitis, who grew up and played in Greece before making the tough decision to shift allegiances to the USA. Here's my conversation with her a couple days before she flew to Japan. 2016 was a good year for Stephanie Haralabidis. I'm going to try to not butcher that name over and over again in this interview, but check this out. So she wins an NCAA title with USC, then goes on to do the following. Catino Award winner, nation's best collegiate athlete, AWPCA Player of the Year, MPSF Player of the Year, and NCAA Tournament MVP. She recently completed a season with the Greek side Vuliagmeni and has been named to her first ever Olympic roster. She joins me via Zoom from her car in between practices. Here she is, Stephanie Harlebitis. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Well, first of all, congratulations. You're one of five newcomers to the USA Olympic roster. And you've said in the past that you've wanted to be on an Olympic roster since you were 14. Now you've done it. And, uh, and in the past couple of years, I'm wondering, um, as you've really established yourself as part of this team, was there some point when there was either little or no doubt that you would be selected for this Team USA Olympic team? I never thought, I, I had like a 50% maybe chance I was going to make this team or not. Um, Adam Kikorian makes it very clear that you will not know until he names you on the team. You have to give 100% every single day, and especially people who haven't made the Olympic team yet. So I honestly, it was the 50-50, yes, I'll make it. No, I'm not going to make it um, chance. It was, it was clear, though, for because you've really come on strongly in some ways in the last four or five years. You're on all of these USA women's national teams, and we're going to get to just how good the team is in general, that just has victory after victory after victory, and you're playing a pretty key role. I mean, you must have had at least some confidence. 50-50, uh, is that the extent of it, or maybe a little bit more than 50%? Maybe 55%. <laughs> <laughs> um, Adam makes it very clear that you have to put in all the effort and – you will not know until he names it. Right. I, I, yeah. That's um, how it is. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's it. Um, so the, those who don't know your background, you're born in Greece to a Greek father, American mother. Um, I've seen that you, you've written that you're, you are very proud of your Greek heritage, but in the end, you decided to take part with this American team. Is there a way that you can explain to those of us who don't understand that kind of thing, what was the process like in choosing between two countries that you love? Um, so in 2016 was my last time that I played with the Greek national team, and I was in the States at this point. I lived here. I didn't want to leave. And it was kind of hard because I was building my life here. And um, in 2017, I contacted Adam and I asked him if it was possible to just train with the team. He told me there, he, there's no guarantees of whether or not I'm going to make the team. Even though I had a spot on the Greek national team, I was a starter. I wasn't worried about my position of whether or not I was going to make the team. I came to a brand new team absolutely no idea of what position I was going to have on this team. I didn't have any friends. It was just like a, I came in as the foreigner, even though I'm part American. And, um, but yeah, it was a, it was a hard process, but I do not regret it. I'm very, very proud to be a Greek American. What do your former teammates uh, from Greece think about your decision? Um, they, 
they didn't have a problem with it. They knew it was, it was more of a, it wasn't because I didn't want to be with them and that I didn't have any respect for the coaches, the athletes, they're a great team. They understood it was mostly because I started building my life here and it wasn't, it was more of like, it was time to try something different. And they were, they were okay with it. They weren't upset with it. And I played against them in 2018. We had a camp with them. They came here in the States and we're playing against them for uh, a month and they were great uh, potents. They didn't do anything uh, aggressive like other people would have. And I have a lot of respect for them. They're great people. Uh, great stuff. So, and this, it's a matter of curiosity because you have a very unique situation, I would say, although a very American one, one which you uh, emigrated from somewhere else or that you are a dual citizen. So very, very cool story. I want to go back, uh, backward to Corona Del Mar. Um, I'm going to pass over USC for a bit, just not to say that that wasn't one of the most stellar careers, but you want to see IF championship with Corona Del Mar, which is one of the strongest women's girls teams in the country. Uh, you did that in 2013. You moved to Orange County 2012. I believe you and I talked about that before. What was the decision-making process for your family to move from Greece to the U.S.? So my mom knew that we needed a year before going to college to get used to the American system since we were in a public Greek school. So we only had private American lessons, English lessons. So our idea was to come and get used to the American system and being in the States a year before starting college. And that was more of like the idea of packing up and moving a year earlier. So now I noticed that you chose uh, Corona Del Mar High School and not a high school in Montana or South Dakota. I can only imagine that the attraction was at least partially because of the historical excellence of that program. Yes. And because a Greek family was part of the program and they took us in for that year. What was it? So well, yeah. What was that like for you? I mean, I know you, you're sort of bicultural in the, in, in a sense anyway, but it was really your first experience, extended experience in the U S. Yeah. Um, I expected things like in movies because I'm a, a movie, a movie watcher and I would watch movies and think about how this was going to be the U S blah, blah, this and that it's nothing like the movies and it was a different experience, but it's, um, got to experience it before going to college. I spoke with, I interviewed Dayan Udovicic after he moved to the U S and the one thing he complained about is like, Everything closes too early. It's just, everything is so sleepy in everything California. Everything closes too early. It does. Yeah. yeah, you still have that problem. There's one when I lived in San Diego. There's one Belgian place that stayed open till like two in the morning. But now I actually agree with going to bed earlier because I'm too old for that kind of stuff. So I'm glad that's universal. <laughs> um, I remember in Greece, we would go to bed when we would go out as a team or have a good time. We'd be out until like seven a.m. And I came to the states, and it was so different. Uh, but now I'm going to, I go to bed by nine o'clock. I am so tired, but it kind of changes and I go back and I, I'm back with my friends, but it's fun. At least you're accustomed to that. You can go back and actually sort of dive right into that, that similar lifestyle, which is, t I went to school in Spain for a while. It is tough, man. It's like, you're, you're right. People are rolling into class at 9am. They're coming straight from the clubs and I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm well rested. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm too American for this siesta stuff. Um, okay, so um, completed a year just now at Vulia Mini. I have to say, I, 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 
I had to look up the club. So you're the, and I know you're no longer with them. So we're going to talk about that in a moment, but is there a better, more beautiful training facility on the face of the planet than that place? I mean, it is so, I, I mean, how would you want to play anywhere else? I know exactly. It's so beautiful. Sometimes with the, when I was with athlete Johnson and Jordan Rainey, we would be done with practice and we just take 10 steps down, jump into the sea and then get out and go change. And it's a beautiful area. And I was really lucky to be a part of that team. So when you're there, where, where do you live? And do you live with Ashley Johnson, your teammate, or, you know, who, who, how does that work? So they provide us with uh, living, food, uh, car if you need it, and uh, money. And they, uh, they had a, an apartment for me, Jordan Rainey, and Ashley Johnson while we were there. in Bulacmani, we were living really close to the pool. Oh, darn. Yeah, it sounds terrible. Um, <laughs> was that your club as a youth player before you moved to the States? No, I played a, a really small club. It was it was named Tritonas. Uh, it was in Marusi. Marus, it's called Marusi, but I'm trying to pronounce it more of like a <laughs> Marusi. And we were there. Uh, we were there recently in World League uh, Super Finals um, in that area. And I trained with that team as a kid. Okay, so then you, you when you're, how do you decide, or how is it that you become a member of the team at Bulliagmeni? Are you recruited to it? Is it something that you already have connections with people on the club? How does that work? So my, so I have a twin sister. She and I have been building up our name since we were kids. We are uh, well, very well known water polo players in Greece, and I have a lot of connections in Greece. So it was a very easy process, more of like talking to the coach and her uh, expressing her interest and then talking to the manager and, and things were really easy, especially since I'm a, a Greek citizen. Uh, I was a lot easier to get my uh, uh, my papers. So I didn't need a visa. It was just a lot easier than uh, an American going to uh, Europe. How hard was it to recruit uh, your two American teammates to come join you? <laughs> Uh, the funny part is, is that Ashley had already signed and, uh, Jordan Rainey also had already signed at that point. I was just like, yeah, why not? Let me join. It will be fun. And it, it was an amazing experience. I'm really happy I did it. It was the other way around. You would have thought that it was you that brought them there. How interesting. That's very <laughs> cool. Yeah. They have to drag your butt back to, to Greece. Um, so Team USA, you've made this team. It's a historically good team. I actually was joking with Greg Meskel yesterday that your team is actually, to be honest, kind of boring because you're so good. I mean, seriously, it's like, it's not something I say with like pride. It's like, I watch you against Russia and it's like, there's no chance that the Russians are going to win this game. But anyway, that's me editorializing. You don't have to comment on that. Um, however, well, let's, let's put it this way. You look invincible to me. Tell me why I might be wrong. Well, we're a regular team like any other. We make mistakes. Sometimes people don't actually watch the game, but watch the score. And they think, oh, wow, this team is so good. But as you can see it, the second quarter, third quarter, when we were playing against Hungary while they were here, the score was even like 8-8. And then all of a sudden, fourth quarter comes and we just beat them by five goals. It's just that every single team out there is going to give their best when they play against us. Every single team. I've never played a team that hasn't given a hundred percent in our games. So I feel that we always have to be at our best, which is a lot of pressure and stressful, but Adam prepares us every single day for it. So 
yeah, I don't know. That's my answer. Not invincible, <laughs> you're saying. I get it. I get Not it. Not invincible because we have to we have to be ready every single time. If we make a mistake, it's gonna cause uh, the other team to score. We have to always be ready in every single situation. We've reached the end of the first half of our conversation today, and we'll return in just a moment. All of Total Water Polo is brought to you advertising free, and we'd like to keep it that way. So we're asking for your help. Show your support by going to totalwaterpolo.com forward slash give so we can continue to cover the sport we all love in the United States and beyond. Hi, this is Melissa Seidemann, two-time Olympic gold medalist, and you're listening to the Total Water Polo Podcast. And now, part two of today's conversation. Is there a team in this tournament that concerns you personally the most, like the one that you are least looking forward to playing against? Um, I would say that every single team, <laughs> because uh, you have the Dutch team who have a, a lot of strengths, the Hungarian team, the like the Russians, yes, they didn't have the best games here against us. We beat them by a lot of goals, but they're a really good team. And if you make a mistake out there, they're going to take advantage of it every single time. They didn't finish well, especially with our goalie and the cage. Ashley Johnson is the best in the world. So you have to really take good shots on her. Uh, but I feel like those teams are really good and I'm, it's going to be a, it's going to be a battle every time we play those teams. I believe you when you say that, but I'm going to press you on this issue. It's maybe not necessarily who with the team that you're most worried that could beat you, but the, that team, that's just, they're, they're almost annoying. Like you don't, it's, it's, you know what to expect. And it's just like, you, you sort of cringe when you think about playing them. Is there a team like that? Hmm. Uh, I would say the, the Hungarian team, they're really grabby. They're going to get into you. They will fake a lot. So they're one of the teams that I'm just like, Oh man, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be annoying, but yeah, just straight up hard work, right? Like you, yeah. you just have to take care of business. Very, yeah. very interesting. Um, what would you say? What's your role with this team? Why'd you get selected? So I'm a left-hander. They haven't had a left-hander since uh, 2008. I, I'm fast. I create a lot of openings on the counterattack. I'm a threat in the offense with my left hand, and I'm a good shooter. I've improved a lot. It's There's a saying, not a saying, but a lot of teams use lefties as only an offense and they don't have to worry about defense here. It's all about defense. So the, in the past, for the past five years, it's all about defense, defense, defense. And I know that I've improved and I'm able to help my teammates and I'm a really good setup player. So, yeah. I think it's interesting. You mentioned the defensive part because so my observations of your games against Hungary, against, um, uh, against Russia was, you'd go through these phases where they would actually be shooting pretty effectively. And then there'd be a timeout or a change in the quarter. And then it just looked like you've decided to play really good defense and then you just take it to them. And so um, that's, a you know, it's, it's a bit simplistic, I suppose, but that's what really drives the quality of your game is defense first and then push it to the other end and play quality offense as well. Yeah. Defense wins games. Like, yes, you can have a good offense, all that kind of stuff, but your defense will win games. If you're keeping a team down to two goals a game, then how can they beat you? So I'm curious if that was the philosophy on when you were part of the Greek team as well, is defense really the most important part for them as well? Uh, it's mostly offense. Um, 
I don't know now with the new coach, but uh, back then when I was when I used to play for them in 2012 and on, um, it was more of a it was more of a offensive mindset and playing offense. Like it, there is nothing compared to the defense that we play here and prepare against other teams. Nothing like it. So this is maybe a new experience even for you, having played at one of the top colleges in the, in the country, the top college at the at, yeah. at the time. So you're suggesting that Krikorian and the staff demand much greater defense from all of you than any other team you've played for. Is that not right? Oh, yes. Yes, 100%. What does that mean from a training perspective? I mean, give us a little flavor for like, is that, is that just some, all right, let me put it this way. So I've, I actually know for a fact that Coach Krikorian has said at some points that if it was up to him, sometimes he'd have a three-hour practice and you'd do nothing but pass. Like that would be it, just passing. So I can only assume that it's almost similar for your defensive skills as well. Tell me how I might be wrong about that. No, no, no. I agree with you hundred um, percent. When I was, so when I was first here three years ago or something like that, uh, we were in front of the cage and we have the best movement players on this team. We have Maddie Massimo, Maggie Steffens, so on, so on. Um, and at one practice, I was at X2 defending a drive. And then I was also defending, pressing, and now allowing a live entry pass into center. And uh, Adam had us at that cage for half an hour, each group of people. And when I went to that cage and he, we were working on it, he goes, okay, so Steph is going to be the only one who's guarding every single person on this team on drives and live entries in. And I, it was, it was kind of, it was painful for my <laughs> mentally and physically. And it made me, you know, it was a little, it made me a little sad because I needed so much improvement, but at the same time, it's like, it shows how much effort and how much, uh, how much they push us to be better athletes. So I really appreciate for everything they've done for me. So I was going to say it might've been traumatic at the time, but you're reflecting on it with me right now in a positive light. Like this is a, this you could say is at least one small way that you're on this team. Exactly. Yes. Um, who is the most impressive player on your team? In other words, so you, you became, you know, you, you have been part of the program for a while. There's been some turnover, you know, there's some players who come and who go, uh, but you've experienced all of them. Is, is there, who's the most impressive player on your team? You, you, uh, you mentioned Seidemann. So I'm wondering if she's the, is the most imposing. Um, okay. She's an incredible player. I have so much respect for her. She's been a part of this program for so many years, but I can't just pick one person because every single person on the team is unique and amazing and hardworking. And I'm impressed with every single person. Like you'll have one person on this team one day do incredible things. And the next day it'll be someone else. And the next day it'll be someone else. So I can't really pick one person. I'm impressed by every single person on this team. Um, what do you, what can you say about the news that there won't be a crowds at the Olympics uh, at the games in uh, Tokyo? I'm just happy that the Olympics is happening at this point. I was in the beginning when it first, first happened and they were saying no fans, this and that. I was a little sad about it, but I didn't let it consume me. I was thinking more of, thank gosh, the Olympics are happening. My dream is going to happen. I'm excited about this. And I'm the only thing I'm thinking about is let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go play. Let's go prove our, our worth. And that's all I'm thinking about right now. Your European season ended, and I'm assuming like uh, others that I've spoken to, the crowds were basically not allowed during that season as well. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. 
So no you're being accustomed to it. Okay. Um, when, when do you leave? Um, well, what do you, what do you tell us what you're doing today and then tell us what the plans are for when are you leaving for Tokyo? So, uh, today I had a seven 30 AM practice till 10 30. Then we had lunch. I had treatments with, uh, Larney, our, uh, our, um, athletic trainer, and then uh, now I have my interview with you. <laughs> and then after that, I have a one o'clock. We have to take a PCR test, getting prepared to go to Tokyo. We need to What's do that? It a PCR test is uh, a swab that you put up your nose oh, and they bring it over to the lab. Yeah, <laughs> they bring it over to the lab. It has to be 92 hours before our flights because we leave on Tuesday. So we have right. to have 92 hours of PCR test. And then. After that, we have, again, practice, and then at 4.30, I get to go home, finally. And when do you fly to, uh, fly out? We fly out on Tuesday to okay. Shiba. We have, a, we have a camp with the Dutch team. Well, your first game is against the hosts, Japan, but men as well. I don't know who, if they did that purposely. I, I'm very curious about that. And what difference does it make, frankly, since there's not going to be as many spectators? But anyway, you're playing Japan on July 4th, or sorry, excuse me, July 24th. It's 10 p.m. Pacific time, live streaming, so get used to staying up late to watch. Stephania Haralbidis and her teammates play at the Tokyo Olympics. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. That's it for today. We'll return soon with more of the Total Water Polo Podcast, but thank you for listening and telling a friend about us. And of course, subscribe and do all that podcasty stuff on most of the biggest uh, distribution channels. Also, go to totalwaterpolo.com forward slash give to help us remain advertising free. And while you're there, go check out our collection of Total Water Polo and TX Water Polo goodies by clicking gear at the top of the menu. Until next time, so long from Austin, Texas. This has been a production of TWP Sports LLC.